Welcome to the Gathering Church Podcast. We are so glad you're joining us today. For more info about The Gathering, you can check out thegathering.online. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Here's today's message. Well, thank you, Bethany, and I'm excited to see you and Josh get married. And uh, that's going to be, that's the, that's the announcement of the morning, right? <laughs> so, so it's neat to see people, how God brings people together. And I thank God, my, my wife and I just celebrated 42 years. And uh, <laughs> the thunder's there. If you would have told me in my younger years that I would be married for 42 years, <clears throat> I would have laughed at you and said, ah, there, there's no way, you know. But I never was very consistent in anything to something happened. And that something was God changed my heart to, to follow him. And so today uh, we're going to talk about different things. I'm so glad that we're surrounded by God. Sometimes we don't remember that. But Elisha was what? He was in the wilderness or in his uh, house there. And the, and the Syrian army uh, surrounded them. And he had to pray for his servant, right? Because his servant couldn't see that he was surrounded by the angels in the, in the army of God. When Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were in the furnace, uh, you know, Nebuchadnezzar looked in there and he saw, he saw the, uh, son, uh, another person. There was only three of them in there, but he said, there's one in there that looks like the son of, son of man or son of God. And so it's important to remember that those three didn't see him. We don't see God when he's with us, but he's always with us. Okay, and so, you know, when we sing those songs, remember, God is always with you. And so today, uh, I have a message that the Lord's kind of been laying on my heart, so let's just open in prayer. Father, I just thank you that you'll help me to express what's been on my heart. I thank you, Father, that you'll encourage your people, and I thank you most of all, Father, that as we serve you, we can remember how great you are and that the love that you've given us, and Father, we want to return that love to you today. And Father, we thank you for that. We ask the Holy Spirit to lead and guide us in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, Matt, Pastor Matt did a great job on the fruit of the Spirit. He did eight weeks on the fruit of the Spirit. I get to do one day on the nut. <laughs> so today's series is called a one-day series, The Salty Nut. Okay. I had no idea that when I looked up nut that it's a fruit or a seed. Did you know that there are certain nuts that are considered fruits? I had no idea. So anyway, those aren't the nuts I eat. They're chestnuts and I think uh, some other kind of nut. I like the cashews. I think they're uh, so. But anyway, so the reason I'm doing that is salty nuts is because, um, and there we put our mixed nuts up there, is because God wants you to be a salty nut. Okay, And he wants the church to be salty, mixed nuts. Okay, And I'll explain that as we go along. Okay, But it's important that we recognize that God has a plan for our life, and sometimes we don't uh, embrace that plan just because we don't see the whole picture. Hopefully today I can give you a little picture of what's going on because it's important that we realize that in the world we're living in, I don't know about you, but we need God to fight our battles, don't we? Okay, in the world we're living in, we need God to surround us. In the world we're living in, there are people that are against us, 
okay? God's for us, but there are people that are against us for one reason and one reason alone. It's because we serve God. For one, that's the only reason. And, and it says, Jesus said this, I have given you, this is uh, where he prayed for his disciples in John 17. I had given them my word, and the world hath hated them, because they are not of this world, even as I am not of this world. Do you know you're not of this world? I hope you do. I pray that you shouldn't take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from evil. We're living in a world that's full of evil, but we're not of this world. And we have to recognize what God has for us. They are not of this world, even as I am not of this world. Sanctify them, that's the disciples and us, through thy word, which is the truth. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so I also send them into the world. Think about it. Jesus came into this world, and the world wasn't uh, the way God had created it. And now he's sending us into the world. And the world still isn't the way God wanted it to be. Because what? Adam fell. And so we're living in challenging times, and the world is getting further and further away from God's truths. You ever notice that? I mean, in my lifetime, you know, I'm older. I'm 71 now. So, you know, I've seen a lot. I used to think it was bad 20, 30 years ago. It's getting worse and worse and worse. But that has nothing to do with anything for us because why? We know that God is what? In control. We know God's in control, but we're seeing evil rise up in our nation. It used to be that Christians were persecuted mostly overseas. I mean, we hear all kinds of stories, and they still are. The people in Afghanistan right now, the Christians are in trouble, okay? In Ukraine, they're, they're suffering. So, but they're suffering all over the world. But you don't hear too much about Christians in America, you know, suffering or being persecuted. But I'm not sure that that time might not change if you stand for God. Maybe there's somebody that's already starting to belittle you or say things about you just because you have, uh, don't have a worldview like they do. So we need to have a biblical worldview, not a worldview of, that, that, you know, of everything that's going on. We can't be conformed to this world. And Jesus said, you know, or it says in Ephesians, that we wrestle not against what? Flesh and blood. Our enemies are not other people. Our enemies, this is a spiritual warfare. Our enemy is the devil, okay? And so it's important to recognize that we're not against them, but we're against what they have bought into. And we're going to teach today on why they've bought into that, okay? And so it's important that we recognize that. This is a spiritual battle. It's not a political battle. It's a spiritual battle. And God has chosen us, and we are privileged to be living in this time. I don't know about you, but sometimes you think, I wish I'd lived when Jesus was, you know, I could walk with him. Or I wish I could have lived here. We're living now. This is when God's called us. And he's chosen us at this particular time. So it's important that we recognize God has a plan for us and we can affect the people around us. Now, we may not affect, you know, like a Billy Graham, millions of people. But we don't need to to fulfill the plan that God has for us. We need to just affect the people around us that God has placed us around. And so it's important that we recognize that. George Barna does national surveys. And George Barna found out that uh, he gave a survey, and one of the questions was to, to people that went to church. They, he said that this was the question. Do you believe that the Bible is the Word of God? 
that you can't earn your way to heaven, that Jesus lived a sinless life, that Satan is a real being, and God is all-knowing, all-powerful, and the ruler of this world. Do you know how many church-going Christians believed all those? 17%. This wasn't the people in the world. This was church-going Christians. I got good news. We're the 17%. I don't care what those other people believe, but I know that we believe those things, don't we? And God can use 17%. He's always used a small amount of people, a remnant, to do great things. And so for us, we're the 17%. If that's the only, no other church believes that we do, and we can affect Marysville and other surrounding cities just because we believe in God. But we have to stand strong. But I was shocked by that. So no matter what happens, you know, we know God's in control. But God says, be not conformed to this world, but what? Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Okay, we need to be transformed people. But people that are transformed, and why do we want to be transformed? That we might be able to prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Okay, so the more that we allow God to be in us, the more we're able to, uh, to be a light unto the world. And so it's important that we do that. And so, but the world doesn't like transformed people. It didn't like Jesus. Okay, they don't like Jesus. Even the Pharisees and the Sadducees didn't like Jesus because they didn't understand what was going on. So, but 2 Corinthians says, We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Why? Because you're of God, little children, in 1 John 4, 4, and have overcome them. Why have we overcome them? Because greater is he that lives in us than he that lives in the world. Okay, the Holy Spirit lives in us, and that's why we can defeat no matter what the enemy brings us. So the world thinks we're nuts. And that's why the message. And you say, well, why does the world think we're nuts? Well, in 1 Peter 2, 9, it says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. Now, how many have you been, some people come up and say, you know, you're peculiar. They don't say that. They say, you're nuts. Okay? They don't come up and say you're peculiar, but God said from the beginning in Deuteronomy, I'm going to set my people aside and they're going to be peculiar people. In other words, they're going to be different. They're going to be crazy, unique, strange, odd, distinct, maybe wacky sometimes. I'm telling you, I've seen some pretty wacky things. I don't know about you in the spirit, some pretty amazing things. I remember once I saw a video of a guy named Buddy Harrison. Buddy Harrison was in a meeting, and you know, sometimes we are called holy rollers, and so, but he was in a meeting, and he, the Holy Spirit came upon him, and we, they used to have altars, and you know, we have altars sometimes, we have altars here, but you know, a wooden altar is just a pretty skinny piece of wood, but it's an altar that people come, he, he got up on that altar, and he was dancing, okay, and the video's going, and he walked off the altar, okay, and kept dancing at the same level. That's pretty wacky. That's pretty amazing. That's pretty God. We're not of this world. I mean, there are things that you, if you look in the Bible, you know, wood floats or uh, uh, the axe floated in the water. Moses struck, struck a rock and water comes out. I mean, there are things that happen. The Red Sea parted. God can do things that are way, no wonder the world calls us nuts. But we serve a God who can do things 
that they don't understand. And they don't understand you either. And the reason they don't understand you is because we have a new heart and they don't. When Adam was born, he had this kind of heart, okay? He had a God kind of heart. When he fell, what happened? His spiritual heart died, and he had now a black heart. If you can get this, you'll understand why we don't have this world. God never created us to have this kind of heart. But everyone born after Adam has this kind of heart. And God saw that. And he said, there'll come one from the seed of a woman that will bruise your head and you only bruise his heel. And Jesus was sent for a reason. And he was sent to give us a new heart. So we have a new heart. We have a new father, a new helper, a new fruit. And we have a new home and a new mission. But this is why we can't get along with other people because they don't understand spiritual things. If they're not born again, and who, who, who Jesus told Nicodemus, Listen, it's good that you're a Pharisee. It's good that you do things, but you need to be born again. You need to be born of water, which is a natural birth, and you need to be born of the Spirit. Okay? And so a new heart is what was needed. So Adam went from a godly heart with a God nature, and he exchanged that heart, and he exchanged his father for a new father. He exchanged the authority in his life for a new authority. And when he did that, it basically cursed all mankind. But God came through Jesus, died on a cross so that we could have a new heart. In Ezekiel, it talks about that. He says, a new heart also will I give you, a new spirit will I put within you, and I will take away the stony, or I'll call it in my translation, the black heart, and I will give you a heart of flesh or a heart of love. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you shall keep my judgments and do them. And you shall dwell in the land and I will give to your fathers and you shall be my people and I will be your God. God said in Ezekiel, I want to give you a new heart. So he was prophesying there, Ezekiel was, of what was going to happen after Jesus died. Because after Jesus died, if you believe and confess in your heart and believe in your mouth, believe with your mouth that Jesus is raised from the dead, you shall be what? Saved, born again, new heart. New heart. Why is this heart bigger? Because it says the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Our heart grows bigger and bigger every day. The more we are obedient to Him, the love of God continues to grow in our hearts. We walk around with this type of heart. I had this type of heart, so did you at one time. But I'm glad that God changed me at 24 and I got a new heart but I'm not of this world anymore. But I understand that. And if I understand that, then I realize that the people that don't have this type of heart don't understand me, and I need to pray for them. But the same people that don't have this type of heart can sometimes be upset that I have this heart, and they can be persecuting, and they can, they can just like they did with Jesus. And so it says, Therefore, if any man in uh, uh, 2 Corinthians 5.17 
uh, any man be in Christ, he's a what? New creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So that's what's important, that we recognize that. There's nothing wrong with that. And I will take away your black heart. And put you a new heart is basically what God's saying. So at that time, when you become born again and you get that new heart, you also get a new father. <laughs> so you get a father in heaven that cares about you. So we have a new heart, okay? And that's why people call us nuts, because they don't understand us. They don't understand, because we're not of this world. We're passing through. So we have a new heart, and then we have a new father. It's amazing that uh, Jesus was talking to the Sadducees and Pharisees, and he said this, I speak to you which I have seen of my father, and you do that which you have seen of your father. Okay? These are people who are supposed to be spiritual people. Then, answered he and said, then they answered him and said, Abraham is our father. Jesus said unto him, If you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me, a man that has told you the truth, which I have heard of God and did not Abraham. You do the deeds of your father. Then said they unto him, We have one father, even God. Listen to what Jesus says. Jesus said unto them, if God were your father, you would love me. I proceeded forth and came from God. Neither came I of myself. He sent me. Why do you not understand my speech, even because you cannot hear my word? You are of your father, the devil. Do you hear what Jesus said to them? And the lust of your father you will do. He was murderous from the beginning and abode not in truth because there was no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of lies. And because I tell you the truth, you believe me not. So there's two fathers. We have a heavenly father that loves us. Okay? The world, who doesn't know God yet, are still serving what Jesus said, their father, the devil, whether they know it or not. They may be trying to be good, but they still have only, if their heart hasn't been changed, this is their nature. They can hide it from us, but that's their nature. Okay? We need to shine so that they see our nature, the godly nature that God gave us. And so he also not only made sure that we had a new father, Gave us a new heart, a new father, a new helper, the Holy Spirit. Called, it says, I will send and pray the Father, and he will give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not. Neither knoweth him, but he, you know him, for he dwells in you. Where does the Holy Spirit dwell? He dwells in you. When you have a new heart, he dwells in you. The Holy Spirit's with us. And I will not leave you comfortless, I will come to you. Also in John 15, 26, it says, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, when the Father will send in my, who, who the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to remembrance whatsoever I say unto you. That's what Sherry was talking about, just the Holy Spirit bringing those kids a song. Okay, the Holy Spirit will give you words when you need them. He will be there for you. And he lives and abides with us forever. So it's important that we recognize that we have a new heart now, we have a new father, we have a new helper, and we have new fruit. The fruit of the Spirit that we talked about for eight weeks, 
can only come out of a good heart. Nobody in the world who has this heart can produce spiritual fruit. Okay? We're the ones that's called to produce the spiritual fruit. It says in Matthew, it says, Beware of false prophets that come in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening woods. You shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes and thorns or figs or thistle, of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Did you get that? A good tree can only bring forth good fruit, can't bring forth evil fruit, and an evil tree can't bring forth good fruit. This person can't bring forth spiritual fruit in the kingdom. Every tree that bringeth forth good fruit is, is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, if there are fruits, you shall know them. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of the Father in heaven. So we shall know them by their fruits. You're, should, you're going to be known by your fruits. Or what are their fruits? What are they? We, we talked about them for, you know, eight weeks. Those, that love, that joy, that peace, that kindness, the goodness, the gentleness, uh, the self-control. All those things are produced out of a godly heart, a godly nature. And they're spiritual in nature. And the world looks at that and they don't understand it. They don't understand forgiving enemies. They don't understand praying for an enemy. They don't understand, um, you know, they don't understand tithes and offerings either. They don't understand a lot of things because we're living in a different world and we're following a different master. And so they don't understand that. And then we have a new home. We're seated in Christ uh, in heaven. We're already there positionally, okay? And I love the way um, the Message Bible puts it in 1 Peter 2, 11 and 12. Friends, this world is not your home. So don't make yourselves cozy in it. Don't indulge your ego in the expense of your soul. Live an exemplary life, exemplary life among the natives so that your actions will refute their prejudices. Then, you'll be, then they will be won over to God's side and be there to join Him when the celebration arrives. In other words, we're passing through. Live your life. Let the fruit be there so that they can see and understand and know God. What's it says? The goodness of God brings men to repentance. But that comes through us. So we're just passing through here. We have a new heart. Our citizenship is in heaven. Sons and daughters are adopted by God. That's who we are. Our future is secure, and Jesus is preparing a place for us. Isn't that neat to know? So we have, to, we have no fear of the future. So it doesn't matter what the world's going to do. It doesn't matter if it becomes a one-world government. It doesn't matter, you know, whatever happens. It doesn't matter if inflation goes up. It doesn't matter if your 401k goes down, okay? It doesn't matter because God is in control, and he knows what he's doing, and he's still going to be with you because he's inside you, the Holy Spirit. And then we have a new mission. It says, you are the salt of the earth. That's why we like salty nuts. Or you can eat unsalted nuts. Yuck. <laughs> I tried them. I opened that, that one, two or nuts, and I said, no, I'm going back to the salted nuts. <laughs> but think about our lives. If we don't allow the Lord to 
develop the fruit in us, follow him, let the Holy Spirit lead us, we become unsalted because it said, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its savor, wherein is it worth? It's therefore good for nothing. So a Christian who is not allowing God to move through their life gets their heart and it sort of becomes grayish because they're kind of conformed to the world. Nobody can tell the difference between who they are and the world because they just, they go along with things. Okay, they don't stand, they're, not, they're ashamed of the gospel sometimes. And so they become unsalted and then it's not good. And then he also went on and says, um, we are the light of the world. So the message Bible says, let me tell you why, why you are here. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You're lost, you're useless, and will end up in the garbage. That's not totally true. <laughs> okay, that's an interpretation. You're still saved, okay, if you're not salty. God doesn't change that. You're just ineffective, okay? If you're not allowing the Holy Spirit to develop the fruit in, the, uh, in your life and allowing the Holy Spirit to lead and guide you and, and spending time in His Word so that you don't compromise and you're not conformed, and you're not being transformed, then you're just ineffective. And if you're ineffective, then you're not fulfilled. God has a plan for each of us, and you'll be fulfilled when you do His will. And so when we do His will, that's where our fulfillment comes with. Remember, we're not of this world. So our, our rewards and our, our benefits are internal, and they come from God. It's knowing that God is pleased with you. Okay, It's knowing that God is... Is, is, is pleased with what you're doing because you've been obedient to him. So it's important that we guard our hearts that we don't become tr conformed to this world because we can become ineffective. So we want to, to make sure that we stay full of God's love and do the things that he wants because you know that's, what he, that's, that's when we'll be satisfied with our own lives. And so we have a new heart, we have a new father, we have a new helper, we have a new, we have new fruit that we can produce. We have a new home, and we have a new mission. We're the salt of the earth. And that's what you're called to do. You're called to be the salt of the earth. Now, not everybody's going to be an evangelist, but we can all be salt in the sense that people see our lives, and there's a wow factor because they see, just like uh, Sherry mentioned today in that testimony, they see something different that causes something to happen. I remember one time I was fishing <clears throat> in, um, in Florida, and we were on a, uh, a dock, and uh, there's a lot of people looking around because you have parasailers, you have people getting paddle boards, you got people getting jet skis, and so there's 50, 60, there may have been more people there, there's other people fishing, and so <clears throat> there's a fish called a snook, and I know when I first heard that name, I go, what? This, you know, I thought somebody was goofing around with me. But it's actually called a snook, S-N-O-O-K. And it's like, if you know what a bass is, it's like a bass on steroids. I mean, it is bigger, more strong, but the same type of fish in the sense that it doesn't have teeth. It engulfs the uh, uh, bait or the, whatever it's eating and has huge mouth. 
And so there were a bunch of this, these snook just sitting, and they're very finicky, but they were sitting in this one area. There were just a school of them. I threw my bait down there. It was a, a, just a pinfish, and they love pinfish. But they only love pinfish when they're hungry, I guess, because they just didn't look at my pinfish. And so they're very finicky. At night, they'll eat certain things. In the day, they eat certain things. And so I threw my bait down there, and sure enough, you know, nothing happened. So I just left my pole there. I had my kids. They were younger at the time. We were fishing on the other side, catching other types of fish. And my pole fell over, but it was a windy day, so I didn't think anything about it. So then... <coughs> Well, there were a bunch of people coming on the dock, so I said, I better pick up my pole. Somebody may trip on it, step on it. So I pick up my pole, and just in case something ate it, I'll set the hook. So I had set the hook, and I got about a 12-pound snook on it. And he's jumping, and all these people are watching. He's jumping and going this way, and they like to go around the pylons because there's barnacles there, and what will that do? Breaks the line. They're smart. So he's trying to get to this pylon, and I'm trying to get him over here, and then he's trying to get to this one, and, and he's jumping, and, and all the people are watching, and it's exciting, and I'm yelling at my son to get the net, get the net, and he's kind of slow at getting the net. <laughs> and my heart was turning, no, my, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes we can have things come out of our heart that's not right, but anyway, it really comes out of our head. But anyway, so, but anyway, I was yelling, get the net, get the net, okay, because I can't keep this fish, it's too strong from going, so I'm getting, I'm fighting him, and everybody's watching, and it's going on for about three or four minutes, yelling to get the net. He finally gets the net, comes over, and it's, the water's a little bit, you know, maybe down from here to the, to the podium. He had to lay down to, to get the net, it wasn't a long net. He lays down, and right when he lays down, a 300-pound Goliath grouper came up out of the bottom of the dock and came up, and his mouth's about that big, and he just ate that 12-pound fish, just like that, in front of everybody. And I just sat there. <laughs> then I decided, I better break the line. I can't pull in a 300-pound fish. So I bit the line off, okay? My son's still laying on the dock, and I'm sitting there, and I basically say nothing, okay? I had a lot of things going through my head, but I said nothing. That was good, okay? And I'll never forget this lady out of nowhere, you know, comes walking up, stands beside me, and said, Sir, you must be a saint. I'm going, I'm sure glad I didn't say what I was thinking. <laughs> what was that? That was fruit, okay? I controlled myself in that, in that moment, okay? I didn't yell at my son. I didn't, you know, cuss. I didn't do anything. I just sat there stunned that this 300-pound Goliath grouper just got a free meal. <laughs> and so then the Lord reminded me that when I go to Florida, I always say, Lord, I'd like to always, you know, I look around and say, give me a story or give me something I can use in, in when I preach, and so right after the Lord, she said I was a saint, the Lord said, you asked me for a story. <laughs> and I realized that that snook was too big to keep anyway. 
I had to throw him back because they have a slot. You can only be so, you can't be too big and you can't be too small. They have to be like 28 inches to 32 inches. If they're smaller, you throw them back. If they're bigger, you throw them back. Well, that snook was too big, so I wasn't going to get to eat him anyway. So I got a story and I just told it to you. And so the, the thing is God can use our lives in different ways. So I don't know how many other people thought I was a saint on that dock, okay? I don't feel like I'm a saint, and you, none of us do. But what I'm saying is that is the type of fruit that we bear is just to, at that moment to do the right thing, not to yell at my son, okay? Not to use a bunch of cuss words because I lost the fish, but just to, you know, be okay. And then God says, you asked me for a story. I got a story. And there's a whole other sermon in that, but I, I, I won't go into that right now. So it, important to realize that out of our good nature, God has given us a new nature, okay? So realize that I got people in my family that haven't have a new nature yet. Sometimes they're hard to pray for, <laughs> okay? But Jesus said we're supposed to what? Pray for those that persecute us. Pray for those that, you know, challenge our faith. Pray for those that think we're nuts, Okay, and why do we do that? Because God says that's the new nature. Because it only takes a second for this person to become this person. That's all it takes. A prayer for them to understand that God loves them. So you know what I pray for people? People that I'm not sure how to pray for? I pray for them to have a Damascus experience where Paul was walking on the road and Jesus appeared to him. I pray that donkeys will speak to them. Angels will come out of nowhere and, 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 and manifest themselves and, and say stuff. In other words, pray, they're hard to pray for, so I just pray that you know, God will somehow manifest his presence to them. And so that way, because I know I'm not fighting them. I know I'm fighting their nature, which hasn't been changed yet. But I know they're just one prayer away from being in our family. Even though they can be some of the worst people you ever met, they're still only one prayer away from understanding God's goodness. And it says that the gospel is hid from those who, what, the little God of this world blinds their minds lest they see the glorious gospel of the Lord. So it's our job to pray for them, hoping that one day their eyes will be opened and that they'll see. It's hard to do sometimes when people are persecuting you or maybe just making fun of you or calling you names, but yet at the same time, that's the God nature in us. The God nature in us is the love of God is shed or brought in our heart. If God could love us while we were still yet sinners, then we can love them. And if we can do that here, we'll build an atmosphere where a sinner won't mind coming in because they'll know they're loved, even though we know they're not where they need to be yet, but we can help them get there. And that's important. And that's what we're going to try and do here in this city and, and, and wherever God sends us. And so it's important to recognize who you are in Christ. And if you recognize who you are in Christ, it won't matter what other people say or say or do because you know you're not of this world. Can you say that with me? I'm not of this world. I'm a salty nut. You are, and our congregation needs to be salty mixed nuts. Now you say, why mixed nuts? Because we don't have all the same gifts. 
We don't have all the same gifts. So you and I are still different, but we still have the same Father, and we still have the same heart, and we can work together, but we all have different gifts. Lord forbid that I would be up here and lead worship, or even worse, Jim McLean. <laughs> Hi, Jim. Oh, I didn't see you back there. You see what I'm saying? We all have different gifts, okay? We love each other because the love of God is shed abroad in our heart, but we're different. We're a mixture of nuts, mixture of people going to heaven, going together, going to do it together, but we all have different gifts. Now, unfortunately, I went to Costco's, and I could not find <clears throat> mixed nuts in small packages. So I had to just find trail mix. Could you bring that up for me, Julie? So... Before you leave today, you can get a trail mix that has cashews, peanuts. Unfortunately, I couldn't find anything that didn't have peanuts. Uh, and um, I think there's one of almonds in it, plus raisins, another fruit. And uh, I think there's chocolate in there too. So, But anyway, but today before we leave, you can have one of those to remind her of this message that, listen, the world's going to call you nuts at times, but God calls you peculiar. He knew that was going to happen. And he says, you're not of this world. They did it to me. They're going to do it to you. That's good. That means we know that we're doing the right thing. Because if they persecuted Jesus and they persecute us, we're living right. Okay? Because they just don't understand. But pray for those who persecute you. Realize that. But if you're here today, okay, and you're kind of in this area, you're just not sold out to the Lord, you're not, you know... You just need to add some salt to your life and just make that commitment. And if you'll make that commitment, then God can work in you and through you and you'll feel more fulfilled in your walk with him. You'll feel, more, uh, you'll feel like you're accomplishing the purpose that he put you on the earth for. So let's all be salt, uh, salty nuts, okay, to the world that we live in. No matter where you work, where you go to school, let's all be that. And if you're not there, it just takes a prayer. Just say, Lord, you know, I don't want to be here. You know, I want to turn my life around and let your love come through me. Okay? Father, we just thank you for this time. We thank you, Father, for the Holy Spirit that lives inside us. And we thank you that you've shed abroad your nature into us, your love. And it, ex it grows every day as we just learn more about you. Our hearts actually grow in love. And I, Father, I just pray that you'd give us a heart for those who are lost, a heart for those who don't understand, a heart for those who even persecute us or who even make fun of us or call us nuts. Father, you called us peculiar, and we accept that name, and we know that we're, not, uh, we're just sojourners. We're passing through this world. We don't belong here. So like, just like Jesus didn't belong, Father, we just pray that you would give us the strength through the Holy Spirit to live a life that would be a salt and light to those around us. And Father, we thank you for that. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to today's message. The gathering is a place where you can belong to a church that loves you, believe in the God who is bigger than you, and become who God created you to be. For updates, service times, or ways to get involved, check out thegathering.online. And if you enjoyed listening today, consider rating it or sharing it with a friend. We love you. The best is yet to come.